Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So Jacob, he's learned to play the same game that Jacob has played with him. And so Jacob has, has fixed Laban's attention on all that Laban has gained by Jacob coming. See, and now Jacob's luring Laban in. You know, and now he comes up and says, oh, but you know, I have a little problem. At the end of verse 30, he says, now when shall I provide for my own house also? In other words, verse 30, Jacob is asking Laban, when, when? I've been spending four, 14 years here, but now when, when's my time? And he's telling Laban that he has nothing to show for all the time he's worked for Laban. And if he spends more time working for Laban, when, Jacob says, will he have time to provide for his own family, see? So Laban he still avoids making any offer to Jacob. He's waiting for Jacob to fix the terms for his continued service. In verse 31, he says, what shall I give thee? And that's exactly where Jacob wants to have Laban. You know, he's kind of like salivating, you know? And so this is a real cat and mouse game here. You know, this is a, this is a cat and mouse negotiation where Jacob is thinking, you know, he has Laban. Because Laban is asking, what shall I give thee? He's really wanting. And Laban is thinking that he has Jacob because Jacob has talked about his need to provide for his own house. So it's gotten intense and both parties are just eyeing each other. And now it's time for Jacob to make his move. So Jacob makes his move with the introduction to his proposal in verse 31 where he says, thou shalt not give me anything. Well, he's learned how to negotiate with Laban. Jacob has learned that the only person Laban cares about is Laban. And so he's choosing his words that are really pushing Laban's happiness button. (laughs) He said those words, and Laban, when he said, thou shalt not give me anything, Laban lit up with a smile. He thought, oh, wow. Now that's what I like to hear, Laban's thinking, you know. I like to hear that I don't have to give anything to Jacob. So now, you know, Jacob, he's got the hook set now in, in Laban. He's telling Laban, I don't want anything from you, you know, since God has blessed you. And so he's telling him, what Jacob is telling Laban is that, Laban, old Powell, buddy, you can just keep all that God has blessed you with. I don't want any part of that, you know? And he makes this provision in verse 30, if, if thou wilt do this thing for me. He's really drawn him in. You know, what is it? What is it? So at the end of verse 31, he says, if you do this thing for me, I will, it says in the English here, I will again feed and keep thy flock. Now, the way that Jacob has said that in the Hebrew, it could have been Shakespeare that said that. It's so rhythmic. It's so elegant. It's so beautiful because all he does is he just says three words. 
And there's just a simple elegance to the way he says these three words, return, so that's what they meant by, again, return, feed, guard. And so what Jacob says, it's, like, it's beautifully written, shub ra'ah shamar. That's what he says, return, feed, guard. Shub ra'ah shamar. It's almost as beautiful as day unto day and night unto night, the way he says it. But he says, I will return, I will feed, I will guard. So now he's using some poetry here, poetic style here, to really draw Laban in. He's going, oh, that's so good. So Jacob has promised now to stay, to, to return, because he says, I'm already out my, halfway out the door, but I'll turn around, I'll return, and I'll feed, and I'll guard your flocks, and I'll give you your flocks just like I did in the past if you agree to my plan. Okay? And so he says, okay, here's his plan. So he says in verse 32 to 33 is his plan. He says, I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence all the speckled, you know, a little like salt and peppered, and spotted, and all the brown cattle among the sheep, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and of such shall be my hire. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come from my hire before thy face. Everyone that's not speckled, or not spotted, among the goats, and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. In other words, so, you know, what did he just say? <laughs> That's the thing, you know, what did maybe Laban was, no, Laban, he understood immediately what he was saying, but we don't understand. So, okay, so what has Jacob proposed to Laban? Well, first, we need to understand in this proposal, even though you know, it's stated here, how long Jacob agreed to stay with Laban and take care of his flocks. Not stated here, but you look in the next chapter in verse 41 and you tell me, how long did Jacob stay with Laban? Total of, yeah, but from this point on. How much extra time? How much extra time? That's it, six, yeah. Because 14 plus six is 20. So, isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. 14 plus six is 20. Last time I checked it was. I have a calculator. Anyway, it's six more years. So he's proposing six years. Okay, now, we got the time in our minds, six years. Now, there are two parts to his proposal. You see, now, now, first of all, in the understanding of this proposal, we need to understand, in the Middle East, goats are black. Goats are not white in the Middle East. That's Scandinavia. Those are Sonnen goats. Goats are black in the Middle East, okay? They're, they're black, and virtually all the goats are black, and the sheep are white. Sheep are white here. Sheep are white in the Middle East. That part we get. Okay, so virtually all of the sheep are white. Virtually all of the goats are black. It's extremely rare to find a brown or a salt and peppered speckled or a spotted sheep. That's like unheard of. It's extremely rare to find goats in the Middle East that are spotted or speckled. Okay? And among Laban's flock, there were very, very few of these sheep that were not white. And so we'll call them the non-white sheep. It's easier than saying spotted and speckled, non-white, anyway. But they didn't do it that way, so it doesn't matter. And of those goats, it's very rare to find the goats that were not black. So those goats we'll call non-black goats. So Jacob said that his hire, that what he wanted for taking care of Laban's flocks is going to have two parts. And in verse 32 is the first part of the proposal. Verse 33 is the second part. So verse 32, the first part of his proposal is that he would immediately go through the flock and he would gather up this infinitesimally small number of goats that were not black 
and a very small number of sheep that were not white. You know, those were the odd goats and sheep that would immediately be removed from Laban's herds, and those would belong to Jacob. I'm sure Laban thought of that. He says, you know, well, that's, that's one week of meals for you, but that's nothing. Fine. That's wonderful. And then he says in verse 33, the second part of Jacob's proposal was that after all the non-black sheep were removed from Laban's herds, that any non-black sheep which happened to be born, what did I say it wrong? Non-black goats. That any non-black goat, am I just saying sheep? I got sheep on my mind, I'm sorry. If there were any non-black goats that happened to be born from Laban's herd of black goats, those would immediately be culled from Laban's flocks, and those also would belong to, to Jacob. See, that was, that was the deal. And after all those non-white sheep were removed from Laban's herd, that any non-white sheep that happened to be born from Laban's herd of white sheep, those also would be immediately culled from Laban's flock there, and those would belong to Laban. So do you understand what the proposal is? took us a long time to describe it. It didn't take Laban but a second to understand all this. <laughs> and of course, any offspring from Jacob's small herd of non-black goats and non-white sheep, those will belong to Jacob also. You know, okay, very small. So Jacob agrees to take care of Laban's herds for an additional six years if Laban agrees to give Jacob these extremely rare non-black goats and non-white sheep. See, that's Jacob's offer. That's his offer. And he'll stay for six more years. He'll return. He'll feed. He'll guard. He'll take care, in other words, of Laban's herds. And then, you know, he makes this proposal, lays it on the table. And then Jacob turns to Laban and says, deal or no deal? You know? And Laban is thinking, boy, let me get this straight. Now he's thinking to himself, there are practically no non-black goats and no non-white sheep in my herds. And if the non-black goats are removed from my herds, then there will certainly be no non-black goats born to black goats. He's very intelligent, this Laban. You know? And if the non-white sheep are removed from my herds, and there will certainly be no non-white sheep born to my white sheep. So you're saying that all you want for six more years of labor is that this small number of non-black goats and non-white sheep, and for certain the zero number of non-black goats that are going to be born to black goats and non-white sheep that are going to be born to white sheep, that's your proposal? He says, boy, a sucker is born every day. He's thinking that, you know. And so Laban, he jumps on that in verse 34, and Laban says, behold, I would it might be according to thy word. In other words, he's saying, deal, deal, deal. Just the way you said it. No modifications. Let's seal the deal. He's jumping. And Laban is thinking to himself, boy, he's just made out like a bandit. He says he can't believe that the deal he just got from Jacob. You know, Laban is thinking that, you know, maybe a goat hit his head or the sun was too hot for him out there or something to make a thing like that. What's he thinking? But Laban is thinking, I get six more years of Jacob's labor there for these small number of animals, and of course, the solid colors will never yield anything but solid colored animals. I mean, everyone knows that. Jacob's a loser. I always knew he was a loser. He's a loser. And, and he's talking like Donald Trump now, see? <laughs> and he says, I will get six more years for nothing. That's what Laban's saying. Now, that's what Laban is thinking. But now the question is, what is Jacob thinking? You know? 
Well, the key to Jacob's thinking is found in verse 30, which we already covered, when he said, the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming or at my foot. See, Jacob knows he's poured himself into working for Laban, and Jacob's not just saying, Jacob's not the kind of person who walks around and says, oh, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. He's not thinking. What does he mean by God bless you? Or God blessed you? He means it when he says, the Lord hath blessed thee. I worked really hard for you, but the Lord hath blessed thee. And Jacob's thinking to himself, I know that Lord that blessed you, and that was the Lord that told me, you know, I was going to have a lot of children, and my family was going to continue, and that means I got to have. I got, I got to have. So he's saying, the Lord hath blessed thee. He's thinking in his mind, the Lord is going to bless me. There's no question in Jacob's mind where the increase in Laban's flocks came from. He knows, Jacob knows it came from the Lord. And this thought that Laban's blessing has come from the Lord has so captivated Jacob's mind that Jacob has put his confidence or his trust in the Lord and not in Laban, which is exactly what King David said in Psalm 118, verse 8. Psalm 118, verse 8 says, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And for the word trust, King David has used the word chasa. Chasa is a Hebrew word, and it's a picture word. And the word chasa is the picture of a person fleeing for protection. It means to run for protection. And so Jacob, that's what he's doing here. He needs protection. He needs protection from Laban, but he needs protection also to have enough to provide for his family. And so as Jacob is making this proposal to Laban, which is way slanted toward Laban, Jacob is running to the Lord for protection, and he trusts, he's trusting that the Lord's going to help him. See, Jacob is trusting the Lord for help to build up his own flocks. But what is Jacob thinking will be the opportunity to build up his flocks? You know, most of you, you know me as living in El Cajon in civilization, I live in civilization. I don't have any animals, just fish. I won't have any animals except fish. There's a reason for that. Because there was a time in my life when I didn't live in civilization and I lived in Lakeside. Lakeside's an uncivilized place. Well, there's two parts of Willow Road. I lived on Willow Road. So there's two parts. There's the civilized part of Willow Road. And when you go from Highway 67, you turn down Willow Road through that Wildcat Canyon, that's civilized. You know, there's paved streets. Paved streets mean civilization. But I live down the three miles down the other side, down the of Willow Road, the uncivilized part, and surrounded by 300 goats and sheep. And I raised them and cared for them and made antibodies in them. And, and we still, Scanabody still has hundreds of goats and some sheep up in Ramona. And so, you know, I go up there once in a while and I look at them and they understand, and I understand, I look at them, that we have a love-hate relationship between my goats and sheep because of those 10 years. But it taught me a lot about goats and sheep in those 10 years. It taught me so much that the only animals I want are fish. Anyhow, that's the reason why I'm worth my salt as a Bible teacher, because I know about goats and sheep, see? (laughs) So anyhow, goats and sheep have a gestation of about five months. It takes about five months. So it's possible, and you do get, you can get from goats and sheep, you can get two two births uh, twice a year. They They can throw twice a year. Which means that goats and sheep, they'll throw in the early spring and they'll throw in the early fall. And then they come back into heat, doesn't take long, 
to breed again in the middle to late spring and back in the middle to late fall. But the kids and the lambs that are born in the spring are stronger than the kids and the lambs that are born in the fall. Those are the ones that come from the fall breeding, those stronger ones. So goats in the open, like what we're talking about here with Jacob here in Laban, they only live about eight to 10 years. Goats die after about eight to 10 years. They, they, they die because they lose their teeth. So if you don't want to die, don't lose your teeth. <laughs> and go, our goats live about 12 to 14 years. But that's because we're constantly mouthing our goats and seeing when their teeth fall out, and they have other problems too. And then we have hospital pens for our goats, and we also have our, our old goat's home <laughs> where we feed them with high-protein paste, ensure. <laughs> but in Jacob's day, goats and sheep lived about 8 to 10 years. So what's important to see with this is about what Jacob's got in his mind when he realizes and he's thinking, you know, six years, I've got six years. Now, he's got the opportunity within six years to get two births per year. So in the six years, he's got an opportunity for 12 births. And the other point to realize about goats and sheep is they don't start breeding or you shouldn't start breeding until they're about 10 to 12 months old, about a year. And these goats, you get about uh, seven years of breeding out of a goat like this until about eight years old, and then they're done. So during the six years that Jacob's opportunities here to build his herd, virtually all of the breeding life, really virtually all the actual life of Laban's animals will be spent during this time, the six years. So virtually all the animals that'll be left at the end of the six years will be from the new goats that come from the goats that he has now at the start of the six-year project, see? So Laban is thinking that all of the goats and the sheep that are going to come at the end of the six-year project will be black goats and white sheep because he's going to remove all, because all the non-black goats, the non-white sheep are going to be removed. And everybody knows black goats make black sheep, white sheep make white sheep. (laughs) But Jacob, he's thinking he's run to God and he's trusting in God so that he's thinking all those black goats are going to make non-black goats. And all those white sheep are going to make non-white sheep, see? So you look carefully at verse 33, because in the first part of verse 33, Jacob is talking about a what, and then Jacob is talking about a when, and then Jacob is talking about a where, see? So when you look at that, first Jacob said there is a what in the first part of verse 30. What, what does Jacob say will answer for him? What will answer for him? My righteousness. See, that's the what. My righteousness is going to answer. Then second, Jacob is saying when. So in that first part of verse 33, when did Jacob say his righteousness is going to answer for him? Yeah, time to come. When it shall come for his hire in the time to come, which would come obviously at the end of the six years. And third, Jacob is saying where See, so in the first part of verse 33, where did Jacob say his righteousness would answer for him? Before thy face, right in the face of Laban. So what is the what righteousness? When is the when at the time of my heart? What is the where? It's in Laban's face. That's what Jacob's talking about. So first, for the what righteousness, Jacob is talking about when he says righteousness, what is right? So by saying the word righteousness, Jacob is saying to Laban, I want to talk to you, Laban, about what is right. It's not right 
that I've just worked for you for an extra seven years and got nothing for it. That's not right. I agreed to work the first seven years for you in order to get Rachel, but I had to work another seven years for you to get Rachel. That means it wasn't right for me to work that additional seven years and get nothing. You owe me for those additional seven years. That's the righteousness part. When, he says, so when Jacob is saying to Laban, he's saying like this. By Jacob saying, when it shall come for my hire, Jacob is saying, at the end of the six-year project, God's gonna make the wrong right. And again, the wrong will be set right, and that wrong is gonna be the seven years of labor with no pay that you, Laban, have extracted from me. And third, he says, where? Jacob is saying, maybe this is the part he loved the most, I don't know. Jacob is saying, in your face. He's saying that, he says, the set is gonna be made wrong in your face, and you won't be able to avoid seeing that God set the wrong right. Okay, now what happened during these six years? Well, you know, goats can give birth to as little as one kid per birth and to as many as three kids per birth. The average is two. But sometimes the goats, we had goats, they can give five kids. Have you seen that? So let's give an average of two, the standard average, two kids per birth. Maybe it was three, I don't know. But during these six years, since they throw twice per year, that means the herd fourfold each year. And after six years, that means the herd would grow 24-fold, 24-fold. Now, we have to pick a number that Laban's herd was at the start of the project. And we know that Jacob said when he first came, it was little, it was small. Well, how little was it? Well, Rachel was taking care of it. Somehow I just don't get the idea that Rachel is a big he-man, but anyway. So she alone is taking care of Laban's so let's say that, you know, uh, pretty young Rachel, maybe she's got 20 goats and sheep, you know, that she's got there. And after 14 years, how many has he got? Well, I don't know, but, you know, I always thought in Lakeside when you had 300 goats, that was a lot. So let's give him 300. So he's got, okay, 300. So let's say that Laban's herd started out this time with 300 goats. That means that after six years, those 300 goats could grow 24-fold to over 7,000 goats. That's really a lot especially under God's blessing if each female threw more than the average two per birth. So and let's say that of those 300 starting goats, that maybe there were 5%, and I think that's a really high figure, but let's say that maybe 5% that were non-black goats and non-white sheep. That's 15, 15 animals. So Laban starts out and he says, 15 animals, that's nothing, you know, but we'll take care of them. Okay, so Laban starts out taking care of Jacob's measly little 15 animals, while Jacob starts out taking care of Laban's, let's say, 300 animals. Now, during this six-year time, Jacob's 15 animals that he starts off taking care of, let's say they do grow 24 times. So now they're 360. So all of a sudden, Laban's got 360. But every non-black goat and every non-black sheep that's born in Laban's herd, those immediately are taken out because he doesn't want them in there. Laban doesn't. And they go over to Laban to take care of. No, Jacob is taking care of Laban's flock. And so every non-black goat and non-white sheep that are born under Jacob's care that are Laban's flock, okay? I haven't confused you. I think I confused myself, but anyway. They got to get out of that herd because Laban doesn't want them there. So they go over to Laban's side. (laughs) This is... Laban's flocks. Jacob is taking care of Laban's flocks. They are on Jacob's side. Oh, I see what the problem is. Doesn't matter. 
All right, so you understand, so I don't have to say anymore. All right, so at the end of six years, Jacob, he gives to Laban his original all-black goats and all-white sheep. And what are they? They're worn out. They're ready to die. (laughs) They're old goats. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Do you have a heart for Israel and lost Jewish people in America? Then come work in Southern California as a full-time or volunteer missionary working with Tom Cantor in Israel Restoration Ministries, reaching lost Jewish people with their Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. Hourly wage, 401k, health insurance, company car and phone, and other amazing benefits. Call us, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, israelrestoration.org.